I'm Dr. Felicia Mebin, Executive Director of the Center for Public Health Initiatives at Norfolk State University and the host of Health Healing in Hampton Roads. And today, I'm here with Dr. Elizabeth Dungy Anderson. Hi, Dr. Anderson. Hi, how are you? I am good, thank you. How are you today? I am good, thank you. Excited about information that we are going to be sharing. That's so great. I'm excited as well. So we want to start with learning a little bit about you. So what's your connection to Hampton Roads? Oh, that's a very good question. I had a sister and a brother who both attended Norfolk State University. Behold. The, the green and the gold. Right. <laughs> and I myself, though, have not had other connections other than that. I am a resident of Chesterfield County, which is two hours away, and I drive here on Mondays and go home on Fridays, and I live at the Renaissance Hotel during the week because wow. I don't want to do four hours of driving to get to this program, the school, which I really have fallen in love with. So what's your role at Norfolk State? I serve now as the interim dean at the E.R. Strong School of Social Work. I actually came in 2016 to teach. That's all I wanted to do. I had served in administrative roles at VCU and at Wayne State in Michigan. And I was here for a year, and I was asked by the former provost if I would step in to serve as the interim dean until a new dean could be hired. That was in 2019, mm -hmm. and it is now 2022. Again, sometimes you have to do what you, <laughs> you have, have to, to do, do, right? Yes, that's right, yes, <laughs> yes. So I always like to take the opportunity to let people know about different careers that folks can have, right? Because a lot of some communities don't know about all the variety of options. Yes. And I also know that there are different levels of deans, what I call the dean, the dean dean. So what does the dean dean do? The, the dean literally is responsible for overseeing faculty, faculty roles, uh, overseeing and working with, if you would, which is probably a better way to say it, the associate dean and uh, overseeing the work of the admins in the school. Uh, we do literally everything, and I think a really big part is finances, looking at the budget and deciding what we can and cannot afford, when we can afford it, and how we're going to be able to pay for it, those kinds of things, and, and also looking at activities that we would like to sponsor, but also programming making suggestions to the faculty about where we think the program may need to go in terms of work in the community, academic uh, programs, those kinds of things. That, mm -hmm. So essentially it's everything that happens in the school, but it's at different levels. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's almost like you're a CEO, right? Like you have a, a school, you have different functions that you have to pay attention to. You have staff, you have faculty, you have students but you're the sort of leader at a higher level. That's true, except the leader at the higher level also has another leader at a higher well, level. Okay, yes. that's fair. <laughs> yes, and, and that's the provost, of right. course, and then the president, of course. But but you're right in terms of how we might describe it. Yes, that and, and everybody wants to, to have the dean sign something or right. ask the dean about something. So, right. Yes. So tell us about your training and your academic focus. Okay, I started out actually at an HBCU. 
Uh, I don't know that many people know about it. Uh, it is Virginia Union University. That is where my I got my undergraduate degree mm -hmm. in sociology and psychology. Okay. And that was a long time ago. Okay. And I, can't do that. I, I, I know, but I, I want to be fair. <laughs> so, but, but in any way, I came right out of school and went to work. And I worked with foster care children at what it was called then the Richmond Department of Social Services. And I did that for about four years and decided at that time, with the work that I had to do, I don't know enough to do what I'm doing in a way that's going to make a difference. So I decided that I would apply to graduate school to get an MSW, and I thought that might help me better know what I was doing and working with children who were traumatized and who were moved from their families, et cetera, and even in foster homes were not still having the best lives, and so they were acting out in different ways, just those kinds of issues that I thought I needed to know more and, and to have more, more theoretical and practical knowledge. And so I decided that I would apply to VCU which is where I went mm -hmm. and graduated. And I wasn't a bad student either, and I was really proud of that. Well, that's and, good. <laughs> yeah, not at all um, co compared to my undergraduate years. Okay. And that's because I'll talk about it later. But I came from a rural area. We called, everybody else calls it rural, we call it country. Mm. So I was a country girl. <laughs> and I used to tell my friends that I'll bet you can't do what I can do. What's that? When I was nine years old, I was milking a cow. Oh, okay. So, country, country. Country, okay. country, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back, back to your question. I uh, did graduate uh, from VCU, and I had done my field placement at uh, Chesterfield County CSV. And after I had been gone back to the Department of Social Services with the master's, I was asked to come to Chesterfield to take the position of my supervisor who had moved on. Thought about it and did it, and so I worked uh, with Chesterfield. I was a director of an, a satellite center for Chesterfield Mental Health okay. at Chesterfield CSB, and decided then that I also needed to know more. <laughs> and, and I made a um, decision that I would go for a PhD in social work. Okay. And I did that. I went to Howard University. And I think commuting must be in my blood <laughs> because I he gave me permission. I worked three days a week and I was in Washington, DC two days a week. Left at six o'clock in the morning, got home at ten o'clock at night. Wow. And went to work ten hours the other three days mm -hmm. to be able to do it. But but that that's what I did. And after I I graduated, I was the time that I was also in school, I was taking students from VCU for internships. And when I graduated, uh, Dr. Grace Harris, who was the dean at the school, uh, gave me a personal call and asked if I would come to VCU to serve on the faculty. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was in VCU for a while. I got tenured, uh, got associate professorship, and um, stayed until I got a call from a colleague for me to come and serve as associate dean in Michigan. That was a little bit of an issue. Uh, we were serving together on the Commission of Accreditation for mm. CSWE, the Council on Social Work Education. Both of us served two terms, six years. And I um, 
told her no. She was, um, I'll call her name, uh, Dr. Cheryl Waits. She's a, a, a colleague, dear friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And the first time I said no, I said I would love to, but there's one problem. The problem is that uh, Wayne State University is in Michigan, and I happen to live in Virginia. And you can't commute to Michigan, <laughs> I, right? <laughs> I, I happen to live in Virginia, so I, I grac graciously turned her down. And the very next year, she asked me the same question because the faculty member who stepped in as interim dean said he did not want to be doing that. And so consequently, she said, uh, would you consider it? So I said, give me a minute. I don't know if I was in the right mood. I'm not sure what happened. But I said, I will, in fact, call my husband. My husband said yes, and I said yes. And so I was there for five years, and I did commute every week. Wow. Every okay. Week. Well, again, like you said, that seems to be a trend. But <laughs> what I also hear from what you've talked about about your career is, again, you take advantage of opportunities, and you have a curiosity about learning and about you know yes. wanting to make things better for communities, right? That, that's correct. Thank you. So talk a little bit about, because I also know that in addition to being a professor and dean, you're also providing services still. So what's your role? Tell us a little bit about your role as a social worker. I'm licensed as a clinical social worker. And I, because time is precious, I only see clients on Saturdays. That's the mm. time that I have. And I work with, well, I've had two particular foci. The first was I worked with children who were diagnosed uh, with ADHD and found out in my assessment and work that many of them were, were, they had a lot of anxiety. And so their behaviors were diagnosed in the school system as ADHD and they were on medication, which made things worse. But mm. they really were being um, uh, responding to trauma, to issues oh. being moved from homes, uh, issues in the homes, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so I began to focus on trauma and did training with actually, uh, a, his name is Bessel van der Kolk. He, he does a lot of work in trauma. And I did some training with him and got to be credentialed as a trauma specialist. And then I started doing training for NASW, the Virginia Metro DC chapter. Mm -hmm. And I've done it in several states. And, and I would, would train three and four times a year. Mm -hmm. So the, my focus now is working with uh, trauma individuals or traumatized individuals. And my own focus is with persons who are diagnosed with what used to be called multiple personality disorder and it's dissociative identity disorder now mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. the 2014 DSM, 2013 DSM. Okay, yeah, I mean, again, I amazing. So my expertise is in public health and one of the challenges that we have in public health is people don't quite understand the difference yes, <laughs> between yes. medical care, health care, and public health. Yes. But what I hear is that you do both, right? You provide individual service one-on-one -on -one care. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about, not necessarily public health, but just to pivot a little bit. Tell us about a project that you're working on that focuses on the community, that's engaged with the community, because that takes it to a different level. It does, and, and it's the utilitarian approach. In terms of social work skills, what do I do? Um, people who seek out assistance um, from clinicians, social workers, psychologists, etc., they do so because either they're referred or they're having difficulty in functioning mm -hmm. in whatever role that they're in. And so 
um, that, that happens with children, with adults. My focus is working with children who struggle in the ways that I've talked about, uh, being traumatized in traumatizing situations in socioeconomically depressed and oppressed neighborhoods mm -hmm. and um, who their available resources that they can't get. And so we're looking at a health response, which is uh, genetics, neurobiology, and developmental issues, what happens when things don't work the way they're supposed to be working, mm -hmm. and children don't get the care, the connections, the attachment that they need, and they may come genetically with as an anxious personality type, and there are others who, who develop anxious personality types or depression, any kind of the health, mental health, and physiological health that can cause problems in, in their progression and development. Mm -hmm. And so those are the children in all of the, we, we're working with 17 pastors and their neighborhoods now. And my focus for this particular work is all of the children from zero, pre-birth actually, we're working with birth and color, that, mm -hmm. that's a focus mm -hmm. through the age of 20 to 21. And in each of those developmental levels, we're looking at some of the health and mental health socioeconomic issues mm -hmm. that they struggle with and the results of those issues and to try to assess them with input from the communities themselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and finding interventions that would assist to help these, these youngsters be able to better negotiate their lives in society. Great. So, so again, just for folks who might not be as familiar, you start, you have an expertise in someone comes in, a child comes in, you help diagnose them, you give them specific treatment, but we're also working on projects that go out to the community to yes. look at the patterns of behavior yes. and also to look at the factors that are not necessarily the genetic individual factors. Right. What about this community might be influencing their behavior and then what are the interventions and things that we can do to help them? That, that's correct. And, and you know the term, I know you know the term, uh, social determinants, yes. what happens in the environment, in, in the living situation that may then transmit to behaviors that are challenging and that prevent success for these youngsters who then are, are adults of tomorrow. Right, right. Yes. And so you mentioned mental health. Um, and I know, especially in you know black and brown communities specifically, but other communities as well, even rural communities, I think, there's right. a hesitancy to admit yes. you have any kind of mental health challenges, for right. example. I mean, where do you see that? And, and, and what about your work is addressing that aspect? That's a, an interesting question because of where I'm from mm. and because of the work that I do and I have a number of black, black sorry, and, and brown clients and, and their responses are initially, well, uh, I'm not crazy, am I? And so the focus is on, I think, because of black and brown places in the world and in communities that anything that seems to be problematic, mm. adds to the fear of something is wrong with me and I'm going right. to be treated differently. So we have to break that barrier, work really hard to break that barrier. Right, right. Yeah. So part of healing in the health yes. healing in Hampton Roads yes. is 
an acceptance that getting support is great. Yes. And that, that's fine. It's, that it's okay to admit that you may need some support and then, you know, being vulnerable enough to go out and, and seek it, right? That's true. And I, one thing I would like to say is sometimes when we need support, other people may see it. And so if we're not recognizing that some of the oh, ways right. we respond right, may right, be assessed right. by someone else, right, right. then you don't have to let people know you're doing it. They can often tell. Right. So yes. you want to accept the assistance as well, right? <laughs> you may not, you're, that's a great point. You may not know you need the help. You that's may not right. know you're manifesting those behaviors. That's um, correct. But again, sometimes, uh, and this is in a lot of communities, <laughs> it's not yes. just about black and brown in this case. Sometimes, for example, we know men tend to not go to regular checkups That's and right. not check in with their providers. And so one thing to encourage people to do is to take advantage of the resources where you can go in and talk to someone or, or check in with a health mm -hmm. provider or mental health provider because they may see something you don't even know. That's true. And to understand that we're not there to judge. Right. We're there to just help assess and help them understand that this may be what's going on and could we look at it in a different way from a different lens. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think one of the fabulous things about the School of Public Health here at Norfolk State is I think part of the hesitancy sometimes is when you don't see someone who looks like you. Yes. So it is so important to have diverse, in a lot of different dimensions, even right. LGBTQ, I mean, a lot of different dimensions. Mm -hmm. So it's really great that here at Norfolk State and, and there you know other places as well, we're having more and more emphasis on mm -hmm. training a diverse, culturally competent, mm -hmm. you know, group of social workers so that they can help more people. I think, I think that's correct. Did I say Absolutely. that right? <laughs> yes. Yes, we, we do have one issue. We would like to have more men. And okay. We, yes, we there want you go. to work on having more men. Hello, men. Here yes. we go. Opportunity. Yes. 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 <laughs> Diversity in lots of ways, which Absolutely. is really great. Absolutely. Yes. So is there another project you want to talk to? I know you do a lot of really great things. Or is there something happening at the School of Social Work you'd like to talk more about? We have a lot of things that are yes. happening at, talk about at, the, it. at the School of Social Work. <laughs> we have, um, well, this is our uh, PhD program. Mm -hmm. We have just revised and uh, made it, we think, much better. Uh, competitively so and we have also added in our MSW program different specializations that uh, so you don't have to simply choose a clinical specialization you can focus and specialize in working with military individuals uh, we now have which the school used to have macro which means we don't just teach to work with individuals one-on-one, -on -one, but macro communities, organizations, okay. so that our students can go out into the community and, and do essentially assessment and training, but from a social work perspective. Mm -hmm. And so that we, we think that, that that's really good. Uh, and that's we good. also have, we're doing training in child welfare. Uh, students who work in social services, the agency that decided 
for me that I needed to know more. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have, um, actually it's a program, a stipend program for stu students who choose to go into social services. So we're doing a lot in the community and with the community. That's great. Yes. I mean, again, I, I think it's wonderful for folks to hear about opportunity. Come on over to school social work. I yes. like opportunities <laughs> to help your community, yes. um, which a lot of people, uh, students want to do. So I'm going to ask you something a little off the wall. All right. So, as a communications person, I know that there's research out there that says how social workers and other providers and people are portrayed in entertainment, in movies, in television, affects how people you know, view them. Is there something about how you know, they portray social workers that you wish they would change? <laughs> Absolutely, that all we do is to take children from their parents. That absolutely is so far from the truth that it's laughable. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that it started out be, be, because social work essentially started out with what was called the do-gooders, that, that we had uh, individuals to go around to look out for children. And when we found that there were major issues in parenting, children were being whipped, beaten, um, just just responded to in ways that were very damaging, then laws to protect children actually were passed. And so social workers were then needed to, to do, to work for the welfare of children. And so then we became as the do-gooders, but we, that was a mantra that we, all we did was to take children from their parents. And that was far, is still far from the truth if there is abuse going on, then of course we want children to have um, the best options they can in growing up, and mm -hmm. so we will remove them. But those are, that's a different kind of social worker. Those are social service social workers, okay. and there's a special role. But we have so many, so many areas in social work. That's just one, one component of what we do. That's great, that's great. So what are some of the other places where a social worker might be? Oh, if you name it, I will say yes. Social workers work in health, uh, particularly in health. As a matter of fact, we are legislated to work in hospitals and in nursing homes. And JLARC mm -hmm. um, is, is one of, of the, um, call it, what do I want to say, committees. Um, help me with that. It's an accreditation body. Okay. Yes. Sorry. And they do the same thing as your accreditation body does for mm -hmm. health mm -hmm. uh, in checking to make certain that social workers are in health oh. departments, that okay. they're in all of those, those areas. Um, social workers work in schools. As a matter oh, of fact, right. now, yes, that we, we now have clinical social workers in schools to work with children who are having behavioral problems and need to see someone and maybe they don't have outside social workers so the school systems are legislated now to be able to provide that service. Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, what so, about private companies? If you have 200,000 employees, yes, would you, would you have a, maybe have Absolutely. a social worker? Absolutely. We do have social workers and, and those companies that do not have contracts with social workers to provide outside services simply because they want the privacy, the confidentiality mm -hmm. of what's going on. And those companies want to preserve their workers and right. consequently they pay for outside services for people to see social workers. That's yes. great. Well, thank you. Hello, Hollywood. Hello. We're, we're, <laughs> maybe we'll work on that some yeah. other time. <laughs> that would be fascinating. Okay. And we do training. Yes. Uh, well, I do training. 
uh, lots of training. Uh, uh, clinical supervision training, uh, the training that you need before you sit for licensure, uh, oh, okay. training of independent supervision. Uh, I, there are a number of areas that I, I personally provide training in. Mm -hmm. I don't do quite as much anymore. I have a busy life, mm -hmm. but uh, I serve as consultant for the National Association of Social Workers of Virginia and mm -hmm. Metro. And so we do lots of training right. for social workers and LPCs and other disciplines who want to know about a topic. Oh, but, so, so in other words, there's another opportunity for someone who's in the field of social work is to train colleagues or train other yes. folks who might need to know something related to your background. Exactly. Exactly. Great. That's so great. So to pivot just a little bit again, mm -hmm. um, what advice would you have for a community member um, in terms of, you know, we've talked about mental health issues and some other challenges that folks might have that you're an expert in. So someone who might be engaged in their community, like where would they, can they get more information? What kind of resources might you recommend? Like what would someone do if they want to find out more information about some of these health issues you're talking about? Oh, that's a very good question. There are many sources. Um, there are many nonprofits, and there are also community, or for example, Norfolk, State, Norfolk areas, Chesapeake areas, there are health departments. Mm -hmm. uh, there are administrators who work with different nonprofits and for profit organizations that operate in the community. Uh, social media uh, will give the names of some, and you can just look health. Opportunities, health organizations, social work opportunities, mm -hmm. and uh, even going, this sounds a little far-fetched, but even going to, for example, the mayor's office, tell me what, what agencies are working with you, what are the different initiatives that you have, or you can come to the social work department and find out what we do and the many, many agencies that we have for internships for our students. Mm -hmm. And they have to have practice for what they're doing uh, while it's, it's mandated while they're uh, in school. Mm -hmm. And so we have, I would say, 50 agencies that have different functions. Mm -hmm. And those agencies do work. Many of them take volunteers. Many of them can tell us other volunteer agencies that work with them. Oh, and so, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, but they okay. can start with us. Okay. Just tell us where to go. Okay. We want to so volunteer. Go to the NSU website, look up social work, that and is correct. connect to the school. So yes. you said two things. One yes. is our government agencies can be a good starting place to get information yes. because they are a trusted source yes. as a starting point. Because yes. um, one thing when you mention social media, I was like, ah, because on social media you can hear, see a wide variety of things. So how do you know what's a good valid source, actually? Well, uh, for example, the School of Social Work has a website. Norfolk State University has a website. The city of Norfolk has a website. And when I meant social media, I, I guess I should have said online. But then they can recommend some of the groups that work out of their office or are connected and you can get better information than just looking at social media and the many sites that can be difficult right. to say. Right. So, so I think part of the, the, the 
uh, point is start with a trusted source, exactly. whether it's That's the good. government or the university or a professor that you know, and yes. then branch out from there because they'll have recommendations and then you can go to the social media sites of the trusted sources yes. to get more information. Exactly. Yes. So is there anything that else that you would like to share here while we have the ears of the community? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the School of Social Work can always use volunteers in a number of ways. The School of Social Work is making a huge effort to have Norfolk State be front and center in many ways in the community. You know, there, there's been, been one thing, we've been here for a while and I think our connection with communities has waxed and waned, just, just based on many different factors. And so we would like for Norfolk State's name to be on the tongues of everyone. The whole, the yes. Hall, the green mm -hmm. and gold. Yes. <laughs> and to know that we can offer a lot. And if there's something that a particular organization needs, people, information, to check with us. We may not be always able to provide the the people but or the resources, but we can often give you resources, places that you may go that we're connected with that can help you meet whatever the goals you may have with the work that you're doing. That's fabulous. Thank you. And thank you so much for being with here today with us here today. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you. It's been fun. And I and I hope everybody who's listening Please take the message, connect with the School of Social Work. We're there for you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to Health Healing in Hampton Roads. I'm Dr. Felicia Mebbin, and I hope that you will join us for future episodes.